going to uh, start a new series tonight. We're going to approach it a little bit differently than I have in the past, the way I would start things. We're going to talk about healing, and uh, we are going to, like I said, approach it a little differently. I really am asking you to, to open your eyes. Don't just say, I've heard that before. Uh, if you do that, that's how you're hearing. Um, you need to have that attitude, I'm going to receive. God's going to speak to me. He's going to show me something I haven't seen before. And I'll be honest with you, one of the things that we really need to stir up is our faith in the Word of God concerning healing and health. How many agree with me? Every single one of us need that all the time. And, and you may be doing good at the moment, but that doesn't necessarily mean a challenge won't come down the road. And uh, you also need to be able to help someone else that's going through it. I encourage you, as we go through this series, um, I would seriously encourage you, if you know someone that's having some challenges, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word. Get them in here. Say, listen, nothing else. Just tell them. You know, they'll say, well, I'm doing this and this. But you and I know it ain't changing anything. It ain't working. Then just tell them, well, how's it working for you? Just be honest. I know it's put them on the spot, and they'll finally have to say it isn't working very well. Well, then what do you got to lose? You know, why don't you come out and hear the word, and then faith comes. The light goes on, and God can do some great things in them, as we're going to learn tonight. My title of my message, we're going to make this uh, part one and part two, because it's just too big for tonight. Um, But it's God's word is life and medicine. God's word is life and medicine. You're going to hear some similarities from Sunday morning. I highly encourage you. Um, Sunday morning's message on the Word is very, very important to you. And what I mean by that is everybody that was listening, I believe, had something stir inside them that they need to get into the Word more, that we need to keep the Word uh, first place in our life. I encourage you, if you didn't order that CD, get it or download it on your phone. Listen to it a few times. Stir yourself up. But you'll notice some similarities over the next several weeks between Wednesday and Sunday. So I encourage you to make sure you're absorbing both. You don't need to, if you want to write this down, you don't need to turn here. But Exodus 15, 26, at the end of the verse, it says, For I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. Now, if you were just to kind of meditate on it, for I am the Lord who heals you, so that he, the Lord, is telling us he's our healer. I am the Lord who heals you. Who heals us? The Lord, right? He's the, our healer. He is our healer, period. He is the healer. I am the Lord who heals you. That's how he revealed himself to us. I am the Lord who heals you. Another version of the Bible says, I like this, for I am the Lord your life giver. (laughs) I am the Lord your life giver. Isn't healing part of life? In other words, it's the life of God. I am the Lord your life giver. God created man. We all know that. God created man. He designed us, every facet of us. And uh, it really is amazing. If you were, you know, to study the human body, it is just an amazing set of wiring and I mean, you've got electrical engineering going on. You've got uh, the brain, some of the things that are going on there, the various organs, the blood vessel system. It's just an incredible array of things going on in our body. And God designed us. He created us. And inside us, in our bodies, he built in healing. It's just part of who we are. You cut yourself, and what happens? Your body goes into action to do what? To fix that cut, to resolve it, to heal it and protect your body, right? Things go into action to protect and heal your body. You can break a bone. On what a, doc- a doctor doesn't heal that. A doctor doesn't even fix it. What does a doctor do? He just kind of sets it back and lets your body do the work. God built in us. Now, I want you to think about that. He is our creator, and he is the Lord who heals us. So he created our bodies to recover from anything they need to recover from, right? Now, of course, he created us that way before what? Before the fall, right? He created man with this ability to heal, 
And really, to be honest, before the fall, what would kill a man? Nothing. I mean, his body wasn't meant to die. (laughs) And so, after the fall, though, after that mess of sin and death gutted and corrupted things, we still see, even though we're in that mess, we still see that God's healing power, so to speak, that He built in our bodies to go to work, still works. And, you know, it is important for us to understand that that was God's idea. You know, for somebody to say, I don't believe in healing, that isn't even intelligent. Now, why is it intelligent? Because your body heals. If somebody says, well, I believe God made me, but I don't believe in that healing stuff. Well, that's just plain ignorant. That's just plain stupid. Because the moment you cut your hand, the power of God goes to action. And you say, well, that isn't the power of God. Yes, it is. God created you. And the healing that he designed in your body immediately goes to work to protect you, to cover that, right? And so it is just plain ignorance to think that God isn't involved in healing. I am the Lord that heals you. And he built it right into our physical bodies. Now, doctors, again, I have no problem with doctors. I'm not one of these preachers that's going to tell you, go throw out all your medicine and believe God. I think that's ignorance. Doctors don't heal. Say it with me. Doctors don't heal. Okay? People call them healers. They're not healers. They don't heal. They can't heal. They have no power to heal. But what they do do is what? They learn about the human body that has built-in healing. And they learn about how the human body works, and what do they do? They facilitate or work with the healing that is already built into our bodies. All they're doing is they learn some things that, hey, you know, I mean, think about it. It's been thousands of years, you know. There's been some knowledge gained about the human body. And so they know that if you do this, like, for example, a broken bone, how do you fix a broken bone? You just simply set it back into place in the general spot, lock it down, keep it from moving, and the body will do what? Goes into action to go ahead and heal that broken bone or whatever it is in your physical body. In fact, the majority of things our body is able to withstand or take care of all on its own. It's like a a fever. You know, everybody says, oh, a fever, it's a bad thing. What is a fever? That's your body, what? Trying to kick out what doesn't belong, right? It's trying to remove, you know, what it is that is going on. In fact, to be honest with you, I question when someone has the flu or something and the immediate thing to do is what? Let's bring that that fever down. Maybe I just let the fever alone. Maybe we'd get a little, we get better faster. If we quit trying to reduce it, obviously it's our bodies. Now, obviously, don't get me wrong. If your temperature is really pushing it, you probably ought to cool down. But I'm saying, you know, sometimes we fuss because we're 99 degrees. We're 100 degrees, 101. Well, that's our body reacting, you know. Um, When I have an Apple Watch, and one of these things it can do is it can keep track of my heart rate. And I didn't know it, but it had the elevated setting on it. And uh, back a couple months ago, um, I had flu-like symptoms, and my, you know I had a fever, and things weren't working right, and it, my thing kept on going off, telling me my heart rate was elevated. Well, what it was, I looked it up. Well, what that is, the heart rate elevation was in response to trying to cool my body down. It's trying to pump everything, you know, my my blood and everything through my body, trying to cool me down a little bit. I didn't know that. I thought it was interesting. But the fact is, is that your body is equipped by the Lord who created it with healing already placed in it. Now, the fact, though, is sometimes we need help, don't we? Sometimes our body needs help. In other words, it's not working like it should. Or we live in this messed up planet called Earth that's screwed up because of the law of sin and death. And so sometimes... The healing in our, our body needs help. It needs a kickstart. It needs to be increased, right? Who's our healer? The Lord is our healer, right? He's the one that can increase it. He's the one that can help us to get that body going to where the natural part. It doesn't mean the Lord's overtaking your body. It means he's what? He's turning up the healing. In other words, 
Cannot, God, cannot the Lord who heals us, who created us, and put healing already in us, not turn it up, so to speak? Not turn the volume up so it increases and does what it needs to do faster? Brother Hagen Sr. shares in, in uh, um, well, probably more than one of his books, but he, he tells a story about some healing and how the Lord dealt with him to ask the Lord to speed up the recovery or speed up the healing, all right? I've done that many times. Why not? The Lord is our healer, right? He's already our healer. He's already admitted to it, and he put healing in our body, and our body's going to work. But how many of you know if they say, man, it'll take six weeks for that to fix, then why can't it happen in two or three? So what we want to do is say, Lord, we're giving you permission to work in our body to speed it up. We're asking you to speed up that recovery, to speed up that healing. After all, you are the Lord who heals me. Say it with me. He's the Lord who heals me. All right? So we can ask Him. And I encourage you every time, ask the Lord. Don't ever forget. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for a quick, speedy recovery. Amen? I don't want to be sitting around for the next six weeks. I don't want to be waiting for this. I want things now. (laughs) I'm asking you to get involved. And if we let him get involved, I'm telling you what, he'll get involved. But if you don't ask, what will you have? A big fat what? Zero. You have not because you ask not. So every time, ask the Lord. Lord, I'm asking in Jesus' name for you to speed up this recovery. Every time I pray for somebody, ask that. God, speed up that recovery in Jesus' name. All right, go with me in your Bibles to Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Everybody say benefits. Benefits. Now, what's a benefit? I looked up the dictionary definition of the word benefit just to see what it said. And it said, an advantage or profit gain from something. An advantage or profit gain from something. A payment or a gift given to someone. Or just plain gain. Just gain. Now, this is what the Lord gave us. He gave us benefits, right? He gave us something that would give us an advantage. He gave us something that would profit us, that would help us. What was that? Well, verse 3 tells us, "...who forgives all your iniquities..." who heals all your diseases. I mean, we don't meditate on that enough. It's a benefit. It's already been paid for. It's already been a gift given. It's yours. And the wonderful thing is, again, He covers all. What's the meaning of all? (laughs) All. All. Not some, not part of, all. All means all. Now, Almost everybody in the body of Christ would agree with the first part. Almost everybody would agree that God forgives us. They can can grasp that. But it seems like so many stop there. They stop at forgiveness when it comes to our relationship with God. When it clearly says He also heals all our diseases. All our diseases. Not some. All. Healing is a benefit. It is a payment or a gift given to you at no cost to you. All you have to do is receive it. It's my benefit. I can have it. In other words, there's no reason for me to be sick. I have the benefit of healing. There's no reason for me to not feel well. There's no reason for me not to have health. Health is part of my benefits. But you know what? You can have benefits given to you By the government, you can have benefits given to you by uh, your job. You can have benefits given to you by all kinds of sources. But how many know the benefit could be sitting there, but if you never act on that benefit, is anything going to happen? If you never say, well, I want to activate this benefit. I want to use it. For example, vacation days. Let's say you get so many vacation days a year, and they accrue over time. That's a benefit, is it not? It's a benefit. But could you just ignore it? Do you really think most of you are going to work somewhere they are going to make you take a vacation? Most of them, if, if you're willing to work, they're going to keep you working. But 
Or maybe you didn't know that was a benefit. And so you've gone for years not knowing that you could have had three weeks off a year. And you just didn't know. You know, you never took it. Or maybe they had so many... um, We used to have a thing that was a a couple of days a year that we could use for any purpose, any reason. I can't think of the name of the benefit, but we had a... It was just two days I could call in no matter what and say, I can't make it today. And they would not, they couldn't say anything. I could claim that benefit. But if you don't know about the benefits, you can't claim something you don't know about, right? You can't claim something that you don't remember, that you're not actively considering. That's why we need to constantly be actively considering what the Word says about our benefits on healing. We need to be constantly reminded, constantly be thinking about it, constantly be confessing it. That makes us aware of it. And so when a challenge comes, what do we do? We instantly apply the benefit. We instantly use that. Oh, I can use that benefit on that. Amen? Say, I don't have to be sick. <laughs> you don't have to be sick. Now, there are, there are many, and you're going to encounter them, and maybe you are one at one time, that would... They didn't believe the Lord heals every time. Now, people say that, or they might say something like, God's teaching you something through this pain, through this sickness, through this disease. Uh, Maybe someone was born without arms, born without legs or something, and, and it's hard at first, but then they realize that God is able to use them to minister to other people. So they would basically put the blame on God that, well, God let this happen to me so that I could serve Him, so that I could have a great platform to find out who I am. How many know God doesn't work that way? That's not the way He works. He's a good God. He's the Lord who heals us. He's not the Lord who causes pain to teach us something. He's not. The Bible says He heals us. Heals us. He's the life giver. He heals all of our diseases. Not some of our diseases. Meaning that sometimes people will say, again, he doesn't heal every time. You never know. Sometimes God's answers are no, and he has his reasons, and sometimes they're yes. Now, why do people say that? Why do men say that? Why, why does mankind say that? The reason they say that is they don't have a reason why something isn't working, so they just blame God. That's the key every time. The reason that uh, it isn't working, they don't understand it, they don't understand the Word of God, so it's easy just to blame it on God. Well, you never know. After all, you know, whatever will be, will be. You just never know what the Lord, you know, the the ways of the Lord are a mystery, you know. Well, I want to ask a question when it comes to why, for example, the Lord wasn't healed every time. Somebody would say, the Lord doesn't heal every time. Well, give me a scripture. Where in the Word of God does it say that? Where in the Word of God does it say sometimes He says yes and sometimes He says no? Concerning anything. I thought the Word of God says that all of His good promises are what? Yes and amen. Where do you see a no one there? He says, ask of me and I'll give it to you. Where do you see a no one there? Where do you see a no? Where do you see the Lord rejecting healing someone? I I never see that. Nowhere. So they say these things and they say these things and it's implanted into people's hearts and minds and they don't realize it. It gets in their heart and they really do believe that, you know, sometimes you never know. I mean, or, you know, you pray, sure hope it works this time. That's not faith. That's not belief. They're just, they're, they're still out there basically, again, like I've told you before, kind of throwing something up to see if it sticks. Maybe it'll work this time. Maybe the Lord will hear me this time. Maybe if I beg and plead, I don't understand why the Lord isn't working in me. I don't understand. I mean, I know He heals. Why isn't He healing me? That just shows their ignorance in the Word of God. And that's what I want to help you tonight understand before we're done and to be able to help someone else. Say this with me. The Lord is my healer. And he heals all my diseases. All right, let's look at Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word. Now, how does he heal? He sent his word. Everybody say it. He sends his word. 
So how does he heal? How does he heal? <laughs> That's right. He sends his word. He sends, so where is healing found? In his word. Is healing found anywhere else? No. He sent his word and healed them. His word. Everybody said again. He sent his word and healed them. So he heals through his word. He heals through his word. This is something that I know I'm saying over and over. And you could say, why does he do that? Because when you're in your hospital and I'm looking around for your Bible, or I'm looking for your confession list and I don't see it, you're not getting it. Because how does he heal? No, no, come on, let's all say it. Say it like you mean it. How does he heal? How does he heal? So what do I need to get my healing? i got to get his word in me. In me. If I get his word in me, i got the healing. But the problem is, if it's over here, and it stays over there, it's not going to get in me. And that's, how many know this is pretty simple, isn't it? Let's see, if I put my heart plus the word equals healing. But if I know about the word, does that give me healing? If I, if I, we used to have healing in our church all the time. Oh yes, brother, we used to see all kinds of healing all the time. Does that help your healing now? No. How does healing come? Does it come from begging God? Does it come from, from begging and praying, won't you heal me? I don't understand why you won't heal me. How does it work? He sent his word and healed them. You've got to get the word in you. It's not about knowing. It's not about quoting a few scriptures. And somehow we got it in our head. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know 1 Peter 2.24. I know Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. I know a few of these scriptures. Sure, I do. That's not what the word says. You've got to get that word of healing in your heart for it to work. And that's what we're going to see as we continue to go. But he sent his word and healed us. Now, what I'm trying to say is his word is filled with life-giving, healing power. His word is filled with it. And if we get that word in us, it'll make a difference in us. Now, the Bible says it's clear that God who is his spirit, created everything that we can see. So the unseen created the seen. God spoke the worlds into existence, right? We remember from Genesis chapter 1, we see God said, and it was. God said, and it was. God said, and it was. So in other words, everything we can see and touch is here because of his word. In other words, he created everything with words, when God speaks, He's not just communicating, He's creating or changing something. Every word of God is power being released when He speaks. Every word. Every word. Look with me at Hebrews 11.3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed or created by the word of God. By the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. The part I want you to focus on is that the world was created by the word of God. The word of God. What I'm trying to say is this. Many times, and the Lord was dealing with this with me today. Many times... When we hear the Word of God, okay, when I say God's Word, the Word of God, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The very first thing. The Bible. How about how many would agree? The Bible, right? That's the problem. We're, we keep on thinking the Word of God, oh, that's just the other title for the Bible. You're forgetting each word is the word of God that contains the power of God that's filled with life. Each word. So when you hear the word of God, I'm asking every single one of you and those who are listening to this, stop and think. 
and reprogram your mind, don't think of the Bible. Think of every word of God. Because we've got it so much in our head when somebody says the word of God, God's word, instantly we think Bible. And that's good because it is the Bible, correct? But knowing, just thinking of the Bible, does that change anything about your life? Right? Just thinking about what we would, might call another title of this book does not change your life. But when you stop and think, wait a minute, every word of God has the power to change my life. The power in there, life-giving, world-creating power is in every single word of God. changes everything when you read it. It changes everything in how you perceive it and how you look at it. We have to quit thinking about the word of God in a general sense and begin to think of every word of God. Every word contains power. It is God, remember, God doesn't speak powerless words. So every word of God has the potential to change your life. But what you've got to do is you've got to see it that way and you have to absorb it that way. You have to, if you're going to sit down and read your Bible, let's say, and you've got some Bible reading plan or a one-year Bible, don't ever just read it to get through it. Shame on you. Shame on you for doing that. I just, I just want to, well, I want to make sure I read it. I don't want my husband asking me, did you read your one, your Bible today? I don't want someone, ask, I don't want the pastor to say, have you been reading your Bible? And I want to be able to say, yes, pastor, I have. What you been reading? The Bible? <laughs> you're blowing it a mile. You're just way off. What needs to be is, I am going to sit down. Pat had this this morning. She walked up to me after service Sunday morning, and we were talking along the same lines. And she said, I can't believe it. And she was holding her Bible. She's holding her Bible. She held it open and she said, this is the words of God Almighty in my hand. In my hand. The same words that God spoke to create the universe. The same words He spoke to have Lazarus come from the dead are right in my hands. Now what was she getting? She's getting revelation. She's seeing something she hadn't seen before. But see, we treat this thing so generally speaking, we're missing it. We're missing it. When we just casually talk about the Word of God, God's Word, the Bible, just in general like that. Look at every single word has the power of God in each word. There's no wasted words. Man, I tell you, that changes everything. God speaks words that are life that become physical. I want you to think about that. God's Word, God speaks words that are life that become physical. Now remember, God is a spirit, right? And so He speaks words that have the life-giving power of God in them that become physical, that become real or in this natural world. Every I'm telling you guys, if now listen to this. If God can change or create with his words, he certainly can fix and heal with his word. Anything. Anything. Remember, he is the Lord who heals us. It is our benefit. Amen? He heals how many of our diseases? All of our diseases. So does that include diabetes? That includes blood pressure problems. That includes anything. We don't have to have it. But see, if we don't stir ourselves up and see the Word of God that way and begin to change our mindset on the power of the Word and begin to change our confession and begin to change how we view it, it isn't going to affect you. It isn't going to impact you. But it can. It can it, I'm telling you guys, the power of God can bring your youth back, your strength back, your energy back, your sharpness back. Everything. If God can create the world with His words, He certainly can do a few things in me. Amen? He can do a few things in you. I'm telling you, the Bible says this, Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and powerful. Everybody say, living and powerful. I didn't show it because it's only that part I want you to hear. Living and powerful. In other words, listen to me. Every word of God. You see, I could say the Word of God is alive and powerful, and what does everybody think? You think the Bible. 
Praise God, the Bible is alive and powerful. Well, in a sense it is. If you look at every word of God, every word of God, and that's how you need to see it, not in general, but every word of God is alive and powerful. Every word of God is alive and powerful. In other words, the words of God are living. How many believe this? If we believe this, then why aren't we spending more time in it? If we believe this, then we would spend all of our freak time. We'd say, I don't got time for TV. I don't got time for the radio. This is more important because this is life-changing. How many you know not one TV show you ever watched changed your life? You say, but, but, Pastor, oh, it was so emotional. <laughs> I cried the whole time in the show. And then you felt depressed and think, man, my life stinks. Look at how nice they had it, you know? Maybe they had a good ending, and you just beat yourself up. But how many of you know, listen to me, Jesus said man cannot live by bread alone. You can't live by physical means. You can't live by what the world has to offer, but by what? Every, listen, every word of God. Not words of God. You understand? Not the word of God in the Bible sense. Every word of God. Every word. Everybody said every word. Can you guys see the difference there? And how you look at when you look at every word and not just sum it up as the Bible or the Word of God or God's Word. It will change the way you look at it. Listen, I want to read. These are some different versions of what I read in Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and powerful. This one says this. It says, the Word of God is living and active. The word, what does active mean? Active means doing something, right? That's a verb. That's, it's doing something. It's active. The Word of God is living and active. It is alive. That is really, you, you know, you have to stop and think, well, how is it alive? When you take these printed words and you speak them, it has the same resonant power as when God spoke them. And when you put them in the heart of man, that power is there. It's resonant in the Word. But if we just treat this as any old book, we just say, well, it's special, it's important, it's, it's a good thing, but, you know, it's just the Bible, it's just the Word, it's just, you know, then it's not going to do any good. It's like I've told you before. Somebody says, well, I don't really believe that. Well, don't worry, it won't work for you. <laughs> I'm not, either you believe or you don't. Amen? Either you believe or you don't, but you make a choice to believe, and if I believe that, then everything we're talking about is true. The Amplified Version says, listen to me carefully, the word, the word, okay, each word, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Each word of God. Every word of God. Do you realize that if you would just consume his word more, it'd make a difference in your life? If you would just spend more time meditating on it and focusing on it, it, it would get in you and it would make a difference just from that. I mean, every level you take with it, the deeper you get with it, it's going to make a greater difference in your life and in your heart. Another version says this, listen to this. The word of God is living and working. The Word of God is living and working. What is it working at? Healing you. It's working at uh, causing the life of God, whatever that Word is, to work in your life. In other words, it's living and working. It's living and working. It's real. Each Word of God is living and working. Now, how we hear the Word makes all the difference. Now, I want everybody to really pay attention to this. How we hear the we talked about the word, okay? We've talked about uh, what the word can do, but how we hear the word makes all the difference. And I fight this as a pastor more than anything else because I can be talking to someone, looking them straight in the eye, and they're really not hearing what I'm saying. They're really not. They, I mean, I am talking, and we could leave the room, and if I were to ask them what I just said, um... You said something about the Word. And see, that's not hearing. That's why, how many ever noticed, anybody here ever notice your mind wanders when you're in church? You've probably been challenged tonight. You know, it's been a tough day, and 
thinking, man, I just can't, I can't wait to get home and put my feet up and grab my favorite drink and just veg for a little while, you know, just chill out, you know, and then go to bed. I'm tired. I'm hungry, you know, and all these things distract you. I, I mean, the devil has worked overtime in the last few days of my life to get me distracted. Now, I'm telling you, I mean, overtime. I mean, I, this and this and this and this and this, and it's not done yet. And I'm thinking, why is he working so hard at that? He wants me to stay out of this. He doesn't want me getting into it. Why? Because he knows the power that's there. See, that's sad when the devil knows more about the power of God than we do. Again, what changes our life? Where's the power in our life? In the what? His word. His word. His word. Amen? His word. It's not in the worship. As good as that is, it's not in there. Where should worship lead us to? The Word. Amen. Everything comes back to the fellowships and other things you can do. It all comes back to what? comes back to the Word. It's to get us in the Word. We fellowship around the Word. Amen. Why? Because the Word has the power to change things. All right. How we hear the Word makes all the difference. His Word, listen to me carefully, His Word will continue to impact us if we give the Word place in our lives and mix it with our faith. Look with me at Hebrews 4.2. And I want you to see something. Hebrews 4.2. For indeed the gospel... Now, what's the gospel? That's the Word of God, right? The gospel is the Word of God. The gospel was preached to us as well to them. But the Word... What, what did we say? The Word... Everybody say the Word which they heard didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So in other words, he's saying they got the same word of God that we got, but it didn't do them any good. Now, just because you hear God's word, does that mean it's going to change your life? No, not at all. It has to be mixed with what? Faith. It has to be mixed with faith. In other words, there's a difference between hearing and hearing. <laughs> there's a difference between... My, my son, he has this amazing ability, especially when he was younger. He used to drive me nuts. Because I'd say, are you listening to me? He would repeat verbatim every single word I said from the beginning to the end. Like he was a tape recorder. But did he hear what I was trying to say? Did he get the spirit of what I was trying to say? No. He heard, but he didn't hear. We can hear, but not hear, right? I, my ears are open, and my wife can be talking about some things, but I keep on being distracted by other things, and I'm only partly listening. I'm not really listening. We have, on Sunday morning, you know, a crowd of people, and I'm saying the same things. I'm not preaching one message to Jack and one to Larry, am I? I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same things, right? And there are some that are doing this, all right? Now, see, that's why I need the big mirror up there so you guys can all see what everybody's doing because that's what I'm doing. That's why I say, wake up! You know, you'll hear me do that. Why? Because, you know, there's three or four people doing that number, you know? Are they, are they hearing what I'm saying? No. And then there's the other people that are smiling, looking at you, but they're looking right through me. And they're thinking about, oh, man, I forgot to get this at the grocery store. And I got to get this. Oh, and I got to do this. And they're doing a shopping list in their head. And there's other ones over here who are worried about, man, I got so much to do. I got, I mean, I'm late on this and I'm late on that. And all they're thinking about is their financial situation. And you get another one over here, all they're thinking about is the vacation coming up. And they're, they're going through things. You know, we spend more time on our vacation than we do in our budgets. I mean, if we're going to go on vacation, we're really focused on it, you know. So they're thinking about that. But then there's a couple of them who are, who are hanging on every single word. They're not a, they're, they'll take a note occasionally, but their eyes aren't moving. They are listening, and every time they want to get distracted, and the reason they sit up front and close, everybody say up front and close? Why do they do that? Because there's not as much distraction. When you sit in the back, you walk around, you, you look around, see what's going on. That one's picking their nose. That one's falling asleep. That one's, you know, get, right? But when you're sitting up front, what do you got to distract you? Me. 
I mean, <laughs> whoever's talking about. There's a reason that you should try to sit as close as you can because there's not as much distraction. But the fact is this, some are absorbing the word. They're listening. They are, I mean, Philip, he was about to come unglued Sunday morning. Why? He was getting it. I mean, he was like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he was listening to every, hanging on every word, and I could tell that he was just about to explode. He comes up to me after this huge grin on his face. Man, that was good. Why? He was eating it. He was listening. In other words, what, 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 what kind of soil would you think he was? Good soil. Good for, he's absorbing. Now, what do you think Philip does to stay that way? He orders every CD and he literally listens to them all and takes notes and he'll take his notes and he checks them against the Bible. He doesn't just look good to say, look, pastor, I signed up for a CD and that CD turns to dust because no one's ever really listening to it or they listened a little bit here and there. Now, I'm not beating on anybody because I don't know what anybody does with anything, okay? But you guys know I'm probably stepping on a lot of toes and probably hitting pretty close to home in a lot of things. The fact is this, that if we're serious about this, we're going to get more out of it. But if we play games with it, we're not. Again, how we hear the Word of God makes all the difference in what it's going to produce in our life. God's Word didn't profit them as we saw. Why? His life-changing word had no impact because it wasn't mixed with faith. How do I know I'm mixing it with faith? A good way to describe this would be that you value the word highly. What I mean is the word of God is highly esteemed, very honored in your life. You take time to put in the word and you don't want any distraction. I'm serious about the Word. I'm, when, I, when I read the Word, if I start, like, I'll do this sometimes, like all of you, uh, na, 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 and then my mind wanders. I'm the kind of person that says, nope, I'll catch myself. Come on, Ken, focus, and I'll go all the way back to where I was. Why? I don't want to miss anything. The Lord may have tried to show me something, and I missed it. But sometimes we'll say, oh, well, I'll start next tomorrow. You know, or I'm just glad I got through it. I'm just glad I, I did it. That's, that's not esteeming the word. That's not highly, that's not honoring the word. In other words, the word is first place. The word is a high priority in your life. That's where, the fact is, the word of God has to be at a slightly higher level in your life by default because you're here on two services. And if I had three, I bet you'd be here, here in the word. Why? Because it's important to you. You know it's important. But again, just hearing what I'm saying now and leaving is not good enough. It still has to be applied. It still needs, again, how does faith come? By hearing and hearing and hearing. The principle of it is what? Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You can have faith in anything by listening. You can have faith in the devil by hearing, right? He keeps on saying it ain't working, it ain't working, you're going to fail, it's not going to work. And you keep on listening, guess what? You'll have faith in the devil, See, don't think faith comes by hearing the word. It does, but the principle is faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. You want to hear the word because that will give you faith in the word. But you can hear anybody or anything and have faith in that. And it's going the wrong direction. You want to have faith in the word, so you want to be hearing the word. Listen closely. The word of God must be heard as the word of God. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. You must look at this as precious. This is God talking to me. This is the words of God that are living, alive, active, and powerful. You look at the word that way. There's power in the word to change your life, to heal, to deliver. But it must be believed, it must be received, and it must be acted upon. If you're writing notes, that's what you ought to write down. The word must be believed. It must be received, and it must be acted upon. For example, you were born again through the power of the Word of God. You heard the Word, you believed, you received, and you acted on it. And the power of God in that Word, what did it do? It literally recreated your spirit and made you a brand new person that never existed before. That is serious power. However, 
Listen closely. You can hear the word and ignore it and not place any faith or value the word. And guess what it's going to do in your life? Nothing. Nada. All right? Nothing. Let me share a couple of scriptures. These are actually the same ones. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. It says, Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you... Now notice what it says. You received His message. Now the message is the word from us. You didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. Now look what it says. And this word continues to work in you who believe. Is the word doing something in us? Think about that. The word is doing something. But you have to, look what it said. You have to see the word of God as the word of God, not men. It is the word of God. Now, when you see it that way and you focus on that, these are the very words of God and they're alive and they're powerful. The Bible says because you believe that and you're acting on it, look what it says. It's working in you. It's it's working what in you? It's working in you to heal you. It's working in you to fix the problem. It's working in you to change you. How many could use more patience? Right? The Word of God will help us develop that. It will work in us. Praise God. I'm telling you guys, that gets me excited. Let's look at the Amplified version of the same verse. First Thessalonians 2.13 in the Amplified. And we also especially thank God continually for this. That when you received the message of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it is truly is the word of God. Which Now look at this. Which is effectually at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to, trust, and rely on it. What did he do to heal them? He sent his word. His words are full of life. His words are full of power. But you've got to get that word in you. You've got to get that word in you. You've got to see the word differently than you have been. You have to just, Lord, I repent for being so casual about the word. This is the life-changing power of God in each scripture I'm reading. Just by reading it, it's doing something in me. Just by meditating on it and confessing it, it is doing something in me. Listen to me, guys. It doesn't, sometimes we think, well, we got the biggie scriptures. You know, what would be the big one you might use for healing? Somebody. Yeah, that one, 1 Peter 2.24, right? Some of the big ones. And that's what our go-to scriptures. <laughs> Is there healing power in reading about the woman, remember, who had the issue of blood? If we read that story over and over and meditate on it, is something going on in us? You see that? You just, you, you just take any word of God in any area and you begin to read it. See it as the words of God. See it as alive and powerful in me. See it as living and working in me. And as I'm reading it, as I'm meditating it, as I'm talking it and confessing it, it's working in me, even though I can't see it. See, the unseen words created the physical we see. God's word, the power, seems unseen, is it not? You can't see it, but it's working. That's what that's great. It's working. If you believe and you act on it and you're doing what we're talking about and you're getting serious about it, it is getting inside you and it is changing you. And I mean, how many would agree the word of God has changed your life? We can go a whole lot farther, guys. We got a, I mean, I got a, I don't know about you, I got a lot of room to grow. <laughs> I got a lot of room, praise God. But the fact is we can now, how can you tell? Remember when I said it has to be mixed with faith? Real quickly, how do we know when someone's in faith? There's a few key things that I can see. I, first of all, can tell this. If they're just walking around like that, and you say, how you doing? Oh, everything's okay. <sighs> they're not in faith about anything. How do I know someone's in faith? They're excited. They're anticipating. They're telling me what they believe. You understand? I say, how's it going? You know, how's life? And they're like, praise God, God's on the throne. Things are going well. That's someone in faith. That's someone meditating in the Word. But when I hear, oh, everything's going okay. 
It's all right. That's, that's someone not stirring themselves up. That's not, they're not in the Word. You know what I'm saying? If, I, if they were sneezing and you asked Larry, oh, you catching a cold? What do you think his response is going to be? I don't think so, but I caught me healing. And he might even quote a scripture. Why? He's staying in the Word. He's filled with the Word. He's sucking up the Word. He's in the Word. You understand? He's in faith. In other words, if you're in faith, you're excited. You're anticipating. I like to say this. You're expecting because that's what faith is. Expecting. I'm expecting good things. When I sit down to read a Word of God, listen carefully. When you sit down to read the Word of God, be expecting. This is good. God's word I'm about to read. This has the life-changing power of God. And I'm telling you, you stir yourself up. You're approaching it completely different than you would be. Oh, it's time to read the Bible. You see the difference? Big difference, guys. A lot of it is, again, what will determine your success in the word of God is how you hear it. It's how you hear it. It's that simple. If you're listening and you're focused and you're excited and you're expecting good things when you hear or read the Word of God, then it's going to transform your life. But if you have the attitude, what's the point? Big deal. Why bother? It isn't going to change anything anyway. Guess what you're going to get out of it? A big fat, you might as well go do something else. Right? Why read the Word just to say, I read it today. You know, go do something else and be more productive. Because that ain't doing you any good, right? You might as well go do something else. You know, let me ask you this real quick, and this is what we'll close with. When we talk about the Word of God and being excited, how many here would be super excited if I told you Jesus told me that when you get home, He's going to visit with you about 10 or 15 minutes personally? How many would just go home and turn the TV on? I mean, I mean, for real. He's going to appear to you and talk to you about some things for 10 or 15 minutes. What would you do? Well, if you knew that for sure, he's going to personally meet with you, you'd go crazy preparing, right? I mean, you'd think you'd be ready to listen, and if he was talking, what would you do? You'd be hanging on every word. You would have absolutely no distraction, right? You'd remove everything. If you would understand that God's word in written form is no less than his spoken word. Did you hear what I just said? This is no less than his spoken word. You would listen to him if he talked to you in a vision and go nuts and pay attention. Why are you treating this less? This is his word talking to you. It's got the same power. And guess what? He's probably not going to see you in a vision. Never has me. And you know what? Didn't change a thing. Why? Because there's more power in here, right here. I can take this and do it anytime. Amen? I don't have to have a vision. I don't have to have some special thing. When you hear or read the Word of God, believe that God is talking directly to you then. And He is. He really is. But it's how you approach it. Again, it's how you hear the Word that's going to make the difference in what the Word produces in your life. Too many Christians I know that have sat for years under the Word and get frustrated when some difficult things happen and they're not seeing change. The problem is not the Word of God. How many know God's not the problem? It's not His power, it's the problem. It's you and how you've been approaching it.